Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm really excited today to be talking about good, healthy food. I feel like that was the origins of this podcast. And since we changed the name from Plan Simple Meals to Plan Simple, maybe we've talked a little bit less about food per se. But the reason I do everything I do is because I believe that we just need help with the whole structure of our lives in order to make time for the good food. But I do love having people on and the next next week's episode will also be about food and diet changes. But I do love talking about the actual food as well. And so who better to do that than Tess Masters? I'm going to tell you all about her in a minute. But before I do that, I want to tell you about a little project I've been working on a little project I've been working on for about a year, and it is on the topic of overwhelm. So I have noticed over the years that many people were overwhelmed around what they were going to eat, how they were going to get healthy. Like that's what I sort of started my whole business based on. And I noticed that because I, at one point, had been totally overwhelmed around food. And then I sort of started realizing as I got to know people better that really the food was an issue, but they were also really overwhelmed just around life and schedule and just all the stuff that goes into being a mom and a, you know, working and taking out the trash and making all these meals that we have to make, much less making them healthy and all the driving. And it just kept leading back to very overwhelmed people, or at least that's how people would explain that they felt to me when I started asking questions. And so the other thing that I've noticed about overwhelm is that in moments when we're feeling overwhelmed, we tend to eat more mindlessly. So we're not thinking so much about how we're fueling our bodies. We tend to not make it to the gym or do other acts of self-care because in moments of overwhelm, we feel like there's no time for anything except whatever that thing is on hand that we're super overwhelmed about at the moment and probably not moving toward either. And so I just started paying attention to everything overwhelm and really understanding if there was any patterns, if there was anything that seemed similar across different people and different situations or different times of year or different changes. And I realized that there were a lot of patterns. And so I've just been contemplating that and then testing out some content around that in my program, Flow 365, where women have been around for a year. So it gives me, there's like a whole playground of worksheets that they get to do on a regular basis. Um, they're laughing if they're listening to me. Um, cause sometimes I feel like my worksheets make people more overwhelmed, but that's not what really happens. Really. We need to write to get out of overwhelm. So I've just been noticing these patterns and I came up with three different triggers, I think is the right word 
for overwhelm that seemed to really encapsulate a lot of the overwhelm that I was hearing about. And I spent some time working with clients and friends and different communities that I work with on different tools to help us get out of this overwhelm. And in my world, that mostly shows up as planning sheets. And so with that, I've created this masterclass workshop. Um, It has three parts because there's three major areas that I find are hurdles for people. And each of those has a set of planning sheets with it. The whole class to watch I think it's just under an hour. The sheets probably take a bit longer to do and some of them need to be a little bit more reflective, but I explain everything in the class and I would love everyone listening to take it. I would love as many people as possible to take it. I feel like right now, this time of year is such a good time to do this kind of work and it's such a good time to have the the return of not feeling overwhelmed as we're heading into the fall, which people can make people feel overwhelmed, right? Because the fall all of a sudden feels busy. Like, And I think that in the summer, actually, it's interesting because in the summer, I actually think a lot of, especially mothers, feel very overwhelmed because there's so much more to juggle sometimes, you know, different camp every week, where are the kids, how am I getting work done, all that kind of stuff that sometimes we look forward to the structure of the fall, but very often it just comes with other things. And so if we do this work now, when we're on vacation, on the beach, in a car, wherever, however we can do it while the kids are drawing, if we can start to do some of this thinking work, getting down on paper and really getting out of the overwhelm before September hits, it can feel so magical when the change of season happens. It can feel so much easier. So I'm offering it for free for two weeks, I think. I'm now, I'm not looking at the date, but I think it's like two or two and a half weeks. And you can sign up starting today. And the first class is going to be released on Sunday. And I would love to hear from you guys as you're going through it. I would love to hear ahas. There'll be a way to do that within the class. Um, You're always, of course, also welcome to email us. But I just, I want to hear what's going on. I want as many people as possible to go through it. So I would love all of you all to share it with your friends who you know might feel overwhelmed or your school communities, whatever it is. I would love shares. And I just want as many people as possible to do this. So you can go to plansimple.com slash workshop, and that's where you can sign up and you do so before Sunday when that first class gets released. You will be notified the first part of the class. It's all one class. It's all one experience, but I divided it into three parts so that it was doable. You know me. I like it to be doable. Um, And so that's what's going on with that, and I would love you guys to go check it out. Now let's get back to Tess. So Tess Masters is an amazing person. She is really changing the health landscape I believe she has so much amazing content out in the world that is in numerous, she's written numerous books. She has really huge social media followings and she also runs online programs. So she's touching a lot of people and she's also the spokesperson for KitchenAid and their blenders. So she's really taken this blender thing to a new level. And then if all of changing 
you know, how we eat and eating more fruits and vegetables isn't enough work. She's also an actress. So she wears a lot of hats. And I followed her for years. Her cookbook was really one of the first ones that I fell in love with. It came out at a time before there were many cookbooks of, with healthy options, with gluten-free and vegan options that had beautiful pictures in them. And hers really is gorgeous and it's easy. And I just love every bit of it. So I've had her cookbook for years. And then last year, I ended up in a mastermind with her. Um, Melissa Lance, who's been on the podcast, was leading it. It was really small and it was all people in the food industry. And I just ended up side by side with Tess building our businesses. And it was such an amazing experience because, you know, she was one of those people who I really just, you know, looked up to and I still do, but, you know, in a different way. And then when I met her, she's so kind and down to earth and amazing. And we should all learn from her. So today you get to learn from her. And I'm really excited for everything she has to share. And one of the things that she does share toward the end, maybe, now I'm forgetting when we talked about it, is that she leads cleanses. And one of them is coming up. And when we were doing the interview, it wasn't coming up so fast. But now that it's going live, it's coming up on Friday. And I said in the interview that I was going to do it. I was all excited and I felt like I had all this prep time and now it's two days away and I was like, eh, I don't know. But the truth is that I've been to a lot of barbecues. I've been working hard and I just don't feel perfect in my, like, like my body just doesn't feel perfect right now. I feel a little bit more tired than I think I should and I'm ready for my own cleanse. Now, as you guys listening know, I sometimes lead cleanses, but I'm really excited to do somebody else's and learn somebody else's methodology and go through her cleanse. So I am stepping up and doing it and starting on Friday, I will post any ahas I have, you know, what I'm making and whatnot on Instagram. I'm going to try my hardest to do that well. Instagram and I have a love-hate relationship because I don't love being on my phone all day, but I'm going to do my best to do that. So you can look for that there. I might also put together an email at some point. But if you decide to jump in, feel free to email me. I'm happy to be your accountability partner in this. Um, I'm just so excited. And just the other thing I wanted to share is that I really was ambivalent to whether this was the right time for me to do a cleanse. And one of the reasons is because my daughter is singing with the Boston Symphony Orchestra this weekend. How cool is that? And Tanglewood. And I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be staying like with a friend one night and in a hotel one night and just not with my stuff. And I was scared I wouldn't be able to do it very well, but Tess promises that I can that it will work. And so I'm just really trying to get out of my own way because what I found is as I was close to saying yes, all these excuses came up and I was feeling really overwhelmed. Talk about overwhelm. And the second I said yes and knew that it was the right thing, I just, I feel good. I know I can do it. I know I can tackle it. So that's just an example of how Mia makes choices. So let's, let's learn from Tess. Let's get her on the show. You ready? Hey Tess, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Oh, it's good to be here. Oh my gosh. So let's let's start with your story a little bit because you are pretty amazing at creating these vibrant, amazing, beautiful recipes that we all can see online. Um, but have you always been this healthy? I don't even know this part of your story. Oh, um, I mean, I grew up on a pretty conventional meat and three veg diet. You know, my yep. mom 
was a really good cook and she always cooked foods from scratch. So we didn't eat a lot of processed food. We didn't eat yep. a lot of fast food. Um, but it was, you know, pretty conventional, but we didn't have a lot of sugar in the house. You know, sodas were a treat when friends came over, you know, for dinner or something like that. We didn't really have any of that kind of stuff in the house. So I was brought up to be, to be very healthy. Um, but I didn't uh, really become hyper-focused on food and health and nutrition until I was a teenager. So I was, um, I was sort of plagued by extreme lethargy. Okay. When I was about 13 and I just wanted to take a nap every afternoon. So my mom took me to a naturopath, which was, you know, very hippy-dippy back then. This <laughs> It's, it still is in some places of the country. Oh, you just live in California. <laughs> very true. Very true. You know, sort of, you know, this is 30, 33 years ago. Yeah. Um, he suggested I give up gluten and dairy and I'm not celiac and I'm not yeah. lactose intolerant, but I have, um, I have a mild intolerance to both of those things. And so, uh, you know, he put me on apple cider vinegar, you know, all this stuff that's, you know, quite common now in certain sectors of society, but it wasn't back then for me. Uh, and, for, you know, put me on uh, a probiotic promoting diet and introduced me to a lot of different things. And it was really uh, a game changer for me. So I felt better within a matter of days. And so uh, this was really my introduction to the concept of food as medicine. Yeah. And I'm intoxicated with this idea that you could, uh, for want of a better expression, aid your health, control your health, make your life better with food. Uh, and so that was really the impetus into a revolution into the way that I ate. And so I have been gluten-free ever since that time and dairy-free. And it was really quite challenging because I love cheese. Like I never drank milk as a child. In fact, I've never had a glass of milk in my life. You know, I didn't eat a lot of other dairy products, but I really loved, still love cheese. Not that I eat it now. Um, anyhow, so... Um, you know, when I was, uh, in my early twenties, I was um, introduced to macrobiotics by my then sister-in-law whose husband, uh, had, um, really helped, uh, himself, uh, recover from prostate cancer. They'd given him six months to live. Wow. And he adopted macrobiotics and it really changed his life. You know, he worked with Michio Kushi and all the really, you know, well-known people in the macrobiotic community. And so I was macrobiotic for quite a long time. Uh, and that's, you know, quite heavily a grain-based diet with, you know, uh, sea vegetables and non-starchy vegetables and so forth. And it was a really great diet, but I still didn't feel as good as I knew that I wanted to or that I could. And so... I started, you know, taking a million nutrition classes and cooking classes and diet seminars and read books after books after books after books. And I tried every single whole foods diet known to man. I was a raw foodist. I was a vegan. I was pritikin. I was grain-free before it was paleo, you know, all these different things. I did Ayurvedic philosophy, Chinese yin and yang principles, whipped up a million green smoothies, you name it, I did it. And I really became a bit of a zealot. Like I was one of those um, people that finds the answer every six months and tries to recruit everybody that they know. <laughs> one day my, my dad sat me down and said, are you having any fun? Cause we're not having any fun watching you order, watching you eat, watching you obsess over this and food should be fun. Right. And it's such a simple statement, but it was huge and it came at just the right moment. And in the same month, I went to, actually, it was, it was a macrobiotic um, sort of uh, 
event and I met this amazing guy called Stephen Akouf and he really changed my life because he was also from a macrobiotic background and he really introduced me the, to the concept of bioindividuality that we're all different and that one blanket diet or way of moving through the world is not going to work for everybody. Yep. Um, and once I embraced that concept, my entire world opened up and uh, I realized that flexibility rather than rigidity were the keys to success for me. And that, you know, I didn't want to live on the fringes or in the extremes anymore. And so, um, yeah, I really started adopting a more intuitive experiential uh, way of moving through the world with health and nutrition and food. And it just became so much more fun, you know, where I was coming at health and nutrition and food from a place of abundance and joy rather than depletion and focusing on all of the incredible things I could do as opposed to all of the things I couldn't eat or couldn't do or whatever. And that's really how the blender girl was born. You know, when it, when I was um, years, you know, years and years later, I um, moved to Missouri to be with my husband um, and my life changed. You know, I was used to traveling all over the world with theater shows and doing voiceovers, you know, for commercials and all these different things. And I had to sort of really change my life. And it was a very different society from what I was used to. I was in a very liberal uh, community in, in Melbourne, in Australia. My family traveled there, you know, sort of intellectual hippies for want of a better expression, you know? <laughs> and so I was in this very conservative community. Um, and, but people are people and we yeah. all have, the same common goals and dreams, which is to be known and heard um, and to be loved and love and feel joy and find passion and all this different stuff. Right. And so the one thing, you know, there's so much conflicting information about diet and health and nutrition, but the one thing that everybody agrees on in much the same way that we're similar as human beings is that vegetables are good for us. Yeah. And that we should be eating a lot of them. And so with that in mind, um, you know, I just decided to, to help people get really jazzed and fired up about how delicious vegetables could be, no matter how, how they were eating, you know, how else they were eating. And so when it came time, you know, and I decided I was going to start a, a food blog, you know, to share recipes with family and friends um, and other people, I was making a green smoothie and I looked at my blender that I use, you know, three or four times a day to make all kinds of different things. And I thought, huh, okay. And so there's so many amazing food websites out there and more and more and more every day. Um, but at the time, this is back in 2009, 2010, you know, no one was blending anything sort of beyond juices and smoothies, you know? Right. And well, and if they were, the pictures weren't that pretty, which is how I found you because I'm such a visual person. And totally, totally. It was, yeah, as, as a designer, you would be. I mean, insane. You know, I'm really tied up in aesthetics as well. And, you know, we take the first bite with our eyes with anything in life. Yeah. And it, look gorgeous because you know our saliva get you know get stimulated we get excited our stomach starts rumbling you know everything has to be beautiful and you want to eat it and be excited to eat it so yes everything was sort of stuck in the 1970s really at this yes. kind of hippie granola ugly you know lame thing right and I thought I'm going to create something really beautiful and chic and and gorgeous so yeah that is you're right that is another really important element to what what happened with the blender girl you know kind of I really wanted to elevate what was happening in the space. And so the more I started researching uh, juicing and blending and blending more specifically as a method of food prep, the more it became a metaphor. 
yeah. of how I was living my life and how I think we all live our life. You know, some people like to call it, you know, your pieces of the pie or your puzzle or your perfect whatever. You know, for me, it was the perfect blend, you know, and I think we all like to blend different notes and philosophies, culture, work, loving relationships, hobbies, you know, and literally food to find out our perfect blend for health and happiness. And so I started asking people, what's your perfect blend? And one email from my mother a day turned into five, turned into 50, turned into 500. And here we are, you know, and then uh, very, very quickly, uh, you know, a lot of publishing houses and TV networks and people like that were coming to me because juicing and blending was really starting to trend. Right. So I, I really rode the crest of that wave, you know, for, for, for quite a few years and it's just been really fun, you know? And so it's, it's really interesting, you know, when you ask people that question, people get fired up about it. They want to tell you yeah. what it is for them, you know? And so that's really my greatest inspiration and reward now in this community is just people telling me their stories, you know? And at the end of the day, I keep coming back to those same similarities, which is people just want to have fun. They want to feel yeah. joy. I love that because technically in terms of your diet in that moment where you decided to switch to joy, probably not that much changed, right? Like diet wise, it was all mindset nothing changed exactly it was all mindset and you know i think that we can probably say that about anything in life yeah gratitude your intention you know and then everything grows and expands from there and i think there's so much more room to move when you just let a little bit of air out of the tires you know yeah so let's let's so i feel like you and actually it's interesting because i had a similar experience in terms of needing to find joy after I found food. But I know from people listening and just stories I've heard that sometimes the reason that people don't make the dietary changes to more fruits and vegetables or whatever's going to serve them is because they're scared to lose the joy, right? So they don't experience the transformation that the food does because we have so many stories in our society about you know, the hamburger and the bun and, you know, all these things that that's what joy is. Yeah, so- it's, it's so true. It's so, so true. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, your perception is tied up in your previous experience, right? So past behavior dictates future behavior, typically, until you sensorially experience something that completely changes your mind, right? Because it's tied yeah. up in and we're either fear-based decision makers or dream-based decision makers. And I feel like for me, you know, just like we talked about the aesthetics where something has to look really beautiful. For me, when I create a recipe, it has to satisfy some basic criteria. Like it has to look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It has to be and dense. And most importantly, it has to be mind-blowingly delicious. And if I'm trying to recreate or create a vegan or plant-based or healthier version of a conventional family favorite, like mac and cheese, like a burger, like fries, like whatever, you know, we might be thinking of like a a chocolate cake or whatever. Um, It has to replicate with very close approximation or even be better than the original thing. So it's literally going to blow people's minds when they eat it, you know? And for me, you know, I didn't realize that I had a passion for pairing flavors and that I had had an affinity for that until much, much later, you know, I was experimenting and, and putting flavors together. And I, I, I guess I was honing my skills, you know, and developing my palate. And I didn't really realize 
just how important that was and what the point of difference was until I started being featured in, you know, the LA Times and the Washington Post and in Style Magazine and Glamour, you know, all these different places where people were tasting a lot of different things and test kitchens were making a lot of different recipes. And, you know, people were, these, these reporters or these test kitchens would come to me and go, how did you come up with that flavor combination? Where did that come from? You know, and then it started to really become this, this topic of conversation. And I think that that is why I get so fired up about the blender because there is an alchemy that's created with ingredients when you blend them. They cannot be created any other way. So for example, a really interesting example is the day that I discovered the blend of strawberries and red bell pepper was the happiest day of my life. And I'm I still love that <laughs> week because it's a seemingly bizarre combination, but it just works. And you cannot get the depth of flavor that's created when you blend those things together. Uh, if I chop and dice it and put it in a salad, we don't get the same phenomenon. And likewise, when you blend water and cashews, you get cashew cream. You cannot do that if you chop it in a food processor. Cashew cream is like my best thing in my oh, life. It's like crack. I oh my mean, please, it's incredible, right? But there's so many different examples of this, you know, and I feel like for me, that's the that's the, that's what keeps me excited. In addition to getting the feedback from how these recipes have changed people's lives so much, you know, is is just the just the coming up with these these surprising flavor combinations, you know. And I think that you know, mostly from what I see around the world, because I travel so much, if I I cannot pass a juice or smoothie bar or a health restaurant, I have to go in and try like a bunch of different <laughs> things. Oh, you know, I'll order like 10 different things and take a box home with me, you know, because I just want to taste what other people are doing because it's yeah. interesting to me, right? And for the most part, they're very, very flat and Charlie one note, you know, they're typically just sweet. That's it. And yeah. they're typically high in sugar and for me you know if we're talking about smoothies or soups or you know these typical blended things cocktails juices whatever i want to go on a flavorful journey with a blended pureed thing in much the same way that you do with a textured dish you know i want to have this amazing flavor sensation that greets me on the front end i want it to develop in the middle and i want to have some incredible back end kick or surprise and i think that that's the challenge you know and and beyond that you know even if people aren't really interested in flavors and they've never tasted really flavorful food that's full flavor and really hits you and develops and opens like a bouquet you know because i what i've realized too in my travels and getting feedback from people is a lot of people have not tasted food with full vibrancy and flavor yes. and when they do it's really an awakening you know, and it's kind of, it really truly is. And that's also really exciting to me. But, you know, more often than not, what I'll get is mothers, fathers. I'm getting more more emails from men than I am from women at the moment. It's so interesting to me. And, and men from all walks of life, teenage guys, college kids, um, grandfathers, 40-year-old dads, 27-year-old millennials at the gym, whatever it might be. And and it's, it's always the same message. And I go back to that same, you know, this commonality in humans is that we want to feel joy and we want to be excited about food because it's one of the great pleasures of life. And it's the same sentence, more or less, which is basically, if I had known vegetables could taste this good, I'd yes. be eating and what happens is I just cannot believe how delicious these recipes are. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. You know, I get that all the time, right? And people who say, we started with this recipe and very often it's the taste like ice cream, kale smoothie or the cauliflower soup. Those yeah. are the mushroom stroganoff. Those are the three most popular recipes 
that bring people in or the ramen or, you know, there's, there's certain kinds of things. We'll and link to those in the show notes or go find yeah, some. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Remind me about that and we'll give people the links to those because okay. it's very surprising to people, you know? And so the mushroom strong enough, I get a lot of people who got, you know, a lot of women who write to me and say, my husband, said he couldn't eat a vegetarian meal. I made that for him. And now he wants that over the beef stroganoff. I just can't right. believe it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Or someone will say, I can't get my kids to eat anything green. And I made the taste like ice cream kale shake. And now they're asking for it every single day after school, you know, things like that. Right. Or the cauliflower soup, you know, I look like a gourmet chef. I told everybody I had six ingredients and I threw it <laughs> 20 minutes. I can't believe something that simple could be so incredible. You know, we all pulled out our phones and bought all your books, you know, in the same moment on, on whatever. So it's things like that where you go, Really, at the end of the day, the proof is in the pudding or the proof yeah. is in whatever you yeah. want to say, which is people just need to taste it to believe yeah. it. For them. So well, thing, and that's, and, and I think we have, and I think we have this myth that good tasting food or great meals take time, which takes away the joy for so many people, right? Especially for moms who like just sort of inherited this job that we have to make three meals a day, seven days a week. Like the, that's such a daunting thing. And that's what leads us to the frozen food aisle or to takeout or to all the things that aren't serving us. Again, I'm going to go back to the blender. Which I know, but that's why I love the blender. Cause it's right. so fast. Like I tell everybody, I know it's expensive once, but like my blender is, is 15 years old. Like you only right. have to do it that, once. That, well, you know, it's an investment, isn't it? It's an investment. Yeah. It's an investment in saving time. And I, you know, I always say to people when they go, oh, I can't really afford to get, you know, a high speed blender. Now you can, you, you can make most of the recipes in a regular hundred dollars. Yeah. But if you want to invest in, you know, making the smoothest texture, getting the best results, I just say to them, what did you spend on doctor visits this year or going, yeah. you know, and that it's always anything from a thousand dollars to 50,000. Yeah. And they go, I, I go, ask me what I spent. Zero. So right. My blender is starting to look like a bargain. and you know we are all time poor no matter what your lifestyle is you know time is a precious commodity it's the only thing we can't bottle so we've spent you know millions of dollars trying to bottle everything else and i get why commercial processed food and fast food is so popular because it allows us to fill up on the fly you know and we're all incredibly busy but i don't want to compromise my health and nutrition because I've got something more pressing. And, and I, I don't feel that anymore, which I'm so grateful for oh around God. food. Because and it makes healthy fast food possible. Yeah. I mean, processor or the, you know, your stand mixer and attachments or whatever, you know, they, these appliances are the greatest gifts we've been given since fire and spoons. Oh so my gosh. Need to use them, you know, so yeah. this is the thing about chopping a salad, you throw it all into the food processor and you chop your salad in five minutes. Yeah. And I didn't even like, so, so we just were doing this interview and I am just off of driving with three kids from Boston to New Orleans. <laughs> and in the car I had like, we had filled um, a cooler and I had blended a vegan Caesar dressing, which is, you know, oh. cashew and lemon and caper so good. And I had already washed the lettuce. So for one meal, like everyone gobbled up this Caesar salad and then like we had this green sauce that we ate over quinoa like I just it made it so easy and it's like it's 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 possible so that's what I actually wanted to ask you next is that we haven't even gotten into the part that like you're doing all this amazing work in the food space but you're also an actress like you also do other work right so so you're a busy lady (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean you know I I really love the diversity because I mean I'm I just love stories, you know, but 
if I could go to the movies every single day, I would. And, and food is just another way to tell story, you know? So whether I'm in the studio recording a commercial or doing a video game or reading an audio book or I'm on set shooting an episode of something or presenting something or I'm in the kitchen cooking or I'm, you know, consulting yep. and helping people with food or whatever it might be. Um, again, it's all about the joy. It's all yep. about story, finding the hook, finding the joy, finding the passion, you know? And I think that's what keeps it all interesting for me. So will you, because I know that, and I'm just going to tell people listening, like, so, so Tess travels a lot, right? And, and then you live this busy life where you're out in the world. So uh, two things I hear a lot, and I would love you to respond to both of them. One, and right now this is going to air in the summer, which is a time that people travel. So will you give listeners some tricks for travel? Because clearly you're not sacrificing your health just because you're traveling, right? So give us some tricks for that. And then the other question I get a lot, which I'm super curious about your answer to, because I know that you also have a vibrant social life is, well, how do I like go to a party and not say no at the barbecue to whatever, because I feel bad. Like those are the two questions I get the most. Yes. Yeah. No. And they're the two questions I get the most, you know, I get those questions a lot too. With traveling, you know, it's just about planning and it's about being you know so often you know I I'm I call myself the sachet lady so <laughs> I travel with all of these sachets <laughs> I love that bag or like in the you know whatever and what I mean by that is it's everything from because we can't carry liquids you know right. through the whatever uh, through the security now uh, I will take my lipospheric vitamin C for immunity. I will take my, you know, my probiotic cleaner spray, you know, to spray down the seat so I don't get sick, you know. So that's that's what I carry with me all the time. Then I'll carry my chlorophyll sachets to make my water green. Yeah. I will make snacks to take on the plane. So I'll make something like kale chips. I'll make a chia pudding. I'll make uh, dehydrated sprouted nuts and seeds. I'll um, make like a little raw nut and seed trail mix. I'll, you know, things like that, right? Yep. So I'll carry all of that. I've always got my sachets of magnesium to heat me, help me sleep. And I and- love, I'm loving the word sachet. <laughs> With the different time zones and things like that, right? It all yep. sounds very high maintenance, but I'm always sort of prepared where I've got those things, right? Because I have to have something green every single day. And if I'm traveled the whole day and the salads at the airport or on the plane look disgusting, I, or, you know, or, or I've been super busy and I haven't been able to pick something up, then I can at least drink my, you know, I'll get, get a bottle of filtered water and drink. Yep something that's green, you know, just so I'm constantly making sure I'm doing that, you know, and then I'll, you know, um, so then once I arrive somewhere, I've got my snacks, I've got my little bag of things, depending on how, how long I'm going for. When I arrive, I just, uh, if I'm at a hotel or if I'm at an Airbnb or whatever it might be, or staying with friends or whatever, I always find the nearest health food store or grocery store or whatever. And so I'll just buy a a few little things, you know, so I'll get some filtered water. Um, I'll, um, you know, find like the nearest juice bar and I'll get a green juice. I'll find somewhere that makes fresh salads um, or fresh soups or whatever. So I'll just find somewhere where I can cobble together something that's going to make me feel uh, alive and hydrated, you know, because I always want to be eating something raw every single day, just because, you know, when we cook things, we are dehydrating them ostensibly to varying degrees. Right. So, um, you know, not only is it really, really important to stay really, really hydrated, I never, ever, ever drink alcohol on a plane. So I'm not a monk. I do drink alcohol, but never, ever when I'm traveling because it literally compounds the effects of travel or when I'm obviously when I'm driving, no, but you know, when you're <laughs> in, 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 trains and automobiles, whatever, 
I just stay really, really, really hydrated. So this is this is really hardcore, but for anyone that's that is hardcore that's listening, if I am traveling long haul and I'm going overseas, which I do one, about once a month, I have a colonic before I travel because mm-hmm. it is the easiest, quickest way to hydrate from the inside out. So um, I, that is. I can't even tell you it was a game changer when I started doing that. So that's a, well, that's another thing that I do, but that's not for everybody. You know, that's a, that's a bit, you know, kind of full on for some people. Uh, so in terms of eating out, um, you know, I have not been anywhere except a fast food joint, but um, even yeah. McDonald's has salads now. They're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty wilted and tragic, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody sort of jumped on this bandwagon. There's a reason why McDonald's are closing and closing and closing locations. You know, it's because yep. people are realizing that they should be making different choices. But, you know, so there's always somewhere, no matter where you are, whether it's at Denny's, I'm trying to think of really common, you know, things where people don't expect to find healthy things. There's steamed vegetables, there's stir fries, there's salads, there's yes. your own plates, there's sides of vegetables, there's all kinds of things, you know, there's a baked... Potatoes, yes, we think of them as nutritionally barren things, but a potato on its own actually isn't that terrible. It's all of the things that we are piling on top of us, right? So if you think of all vegetables like that, if you pare them down to the most pure form, there's always something that you can eat that is, is a better choice. And it's kind of that thing about going back to joy. It's better, not perfect. We don't yes. need perfect we don't need to be beating ourselves up that we need to be perfect and it's certainly not about deprivation it's about balance right for me i um i get food cravings and i feel tempted and i want to feel joy by eating a donut and a cake just like everybody else you know i'm not some anomaly monk that doesn't feel all those things of course we do you know and and definitely if something amazing has happened or something terrible has happened I will placate myself with food, just like the next person. Yeah. I find balance where I don't keep any of those things in the house so that my house is really, really clean, you know? Then when I travel, when I go out, when I'm celebrating, I have this superstition and it comes from going to weddings where if I'm at a wedding, I have to eat the cake. I have to eat a piece of that cake because it's a piece of their life that we're doing. Even though it has gluten and dairy? Oh, well, I don't know if I'd go that far all the time, but you know, <laughs> I might have like a tiny little bite or something. You know, it's, it's just this thing that I have about celebrating others, right? So likewise, um, if I'm going to a barbecue or a party or I'm eating out, you know, there's always something I can find. So we talked about that. If it's a barbecue or a party or a potluck, I will always take something that I can eat, you know, so that I can be social and include myself and be celebratory and be a part of that story without having to compromise my personal journey and having it not be about me and having people have to cater to me because I'm a vegan health freak or however people might perceive you when you eat differently than a typical omnivore, you know. If I go to a party and it's not a potluck and there's absolutely nothing I can eat, I will go for the sides, the vegetables. You typically then you know, something like that. And I have to be honest, my last ditch strategy, if there's hardly anything, I just keep drinking water. Yes. Here's the thing. And you just keep being social, you know, you find something you can drink because, and then I'll just go and grab something on my way home or I'll grab something when I get home or whatever, but that doesn't happen very often, you know, hardly ever, because there's always a salad or there's vegetable crudités or there's something there, you know, that you can have. Um, 
but yeah, I never want to be, be rude or, you know, not be inclusive and that sort of stuff. But a lot of the time, you know, and this is, this is a really common question I get about people being hungry is that often when we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. So yes, that's so interesting. I love that point. When you drink, and you stay hydrated, you are less hungry. And I'm not suggesting people starve themselves and be extreme by any stretch of the imagination. But I find that, you know, often if I'm looking at food, I'm actually not hungry. I'm kind of yeah. doing it because I want to do something with my hands or I'm standing there and everybody else is eating. So I should be eating. You know, I don't think that we need to be caught up in all that stuff. But um, Well, and the thing that I think is super interesting is that I actually think what people catch on to quicker if we're like in a social situation is our discomfort with the fact, so they're actually picking up on that piece that you, you had to change, the joy piece, because I actually think that all of us are more focused on the discomfort, like it has less to do with the food. It has more to do with you feeling uncomfortable that you can't eat. So then you're putting that on them and then they're feeling uncomfortable that they can't feed you, where I find that if probably if you can maintain that attitude of joy and just drink water, nobody will notice. Oh, exactly. Right? Like, really is most often, because I don't feel that way at all now, because I've been eating like this for so long, you know, almost my whole life now. I just find, you know, if you've got a, if you, it's so hilarious at parties, you know, when people have got burgers and fries and hot dogs and whatever it might be. Yeah. Got your plate of carrot sticks and celery and dip or whatever you might have. Let's just talk about the typical party, right? People look at you like you are this tragic, deprived, whatever, right? And I just, when they go, oh, oh gosh, are you having any fun there? I'm like, I actually am. I love vegetables. So what did you do last night? And that's it. I just diffuse it because yeah. it's just a non-starter for me because I actually don't feel deprived. I've actually been eating like this my whole life. And, and if, some, if people know me, they just know not to even bring it up because they know that I don't care. And we're just talking about other stuff and they don't even mention it. So I mean, I think the more people get to know you and exactly like you said, you know, if you're always feeling joy, you're always positive, you're always, you know, it's just a non-issue for you. People pick it up and they take your lead and the conversation becomes about other things, you know? So the conversation is very rarely about food for me, you know? I mean, even yeah. though people know that I work in food and obviously, yes, if I'm somewhere, people want to ask me. <laughs> I assume people want to ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine because I want to ask them questions, you know? Yeah. So they'll ask me a question, then I'll ask them a question. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. that sort of taking a regular the regular dynamic of a conversation. But yeah, I mean, it is, it can be challenging. Absolutely. And so, and then I would love you to share, cause I know we're running out of time. I would love you to eventually share what it is that you do and how you help people. And is, is there any advice that would be different that you would give those people as they're changing? Cause I expect this is, as you said, a question you get as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, I'm going to go back to the joy thing. Yeah. That Change is so much easier when you want it. Yes. You want it when you feel joy and you're excited about it. So yes. how do we feel joy and excitement? It's about balance. Yeah. So I, unless you are diagnosed with some fatal disease where you absolutely have to make every change you possibly can today or you're yep. going to die in a few months' time, which is, yes, that does happen, of course. And I yep. do help a lot of those people, right? And But more often than not, we are, we are catching it at the beginnings of dis-ease. Yeah. You're having digestive issues or you've got stomach aches or you can't sleep or you've put on weight. or We're at the beginnings of disease, right? Where if you don't make changes in that part of it, you're going to get to the point where you absolutely have to, right? right. So when we're down at that point where you're like, okay, I always say to people to make changes gradually. So I always work with people from where they're at. Okay, so what do you love to eat? I love right. pasta. 
great. I love spaghetti bolognese. I love lasagna. I love pizza, whatever. Okay, great. So let's start there and let's start you from a place where we are, first of all, creating healthier versions of those things. And we are putting a salad with that or we're putting some sauerkraut with that, or we're going to have you drink a green smoothie or reduce that day in addition to eating those things. And then slowly what happens is our taste buds change and our digestion changes very, very quickly. And when our taste buds and our digestion changes, our energy levels change, our sleep changes, and everything has a flow on effect, right? Because we're a system. And once you change one thing in the system, the rest of the things in the system have to change as well. So if you start from this fun place where you're making these gradual changes, what ends up happening is things shift without you even noticing. And then what happens when you start to feel better, you want to feel even better. Then you want to feel even better. And then you start to notice that you're sleeping better. Your skin looks better. You've lost a few pounds. People are commenting on your glowing skin, et cetera, et cetera. And what ends up happening is you get excited about making yeah. the change because everyone's commenting you're feeling better you can't believe how much more energy all this sort of stuff right and what i found is that when you adopt this more gentle forgiving joyful approach to health and nutrition and food things happen faster or they appear to happen faster because it's that mindset thing where you're having fun with it you know and i just feel like that has been i feel like that is that is really the success of the blender girl in an, in, in a nutshell, basically, is that it's all about the fun. It's yeah. all about we don't talk about what you can't have. You know, I very, I'm not preachy. I'm not dogmatic. Everybody is welcome. In fact, even though everything on my site is plant-based and, and gluten-free, um, most of the people that come to the site are omnivores. They're just right. looking for healthy, delicious recipes, or they've had one of the recipes from my cookbooks or my, you know, seen it on the internet or seen the videos on Facebook or whatever they, whatever their entry point might be, you know, someone's made the cauliflower soup at a dinner party or whatever it might be. And they make one thing, then they make another thing. Then they make another thing. And before you know it, you know, I've got people emailing saying, oh, we make your recipes three nights a week. Oh, we've made this and this and this, and this is a staple. And that's really at the end of the day, it's no different than putting tools in your toolbox and gathering skills in other, any other arena of your life. When you want to eat healthy or you want to eat healthier or you want to make changes and you want to feel better, you have to put tools in your toolbox. So one of the biggest tools you can put in your toolbox besides changing your mindset, that's the biggest tool, is having an arsenal of incredible, easy, delicious recipes that you can yeah. keep coming back to again and again and again. And if you're a mother with kids, you test a recipe. Okay, the kids like that one. That's going in the box. Then we find another one. Then we, oh, hubby likes that one. Great. Okay, everyone in the family loves that one. That's going to be a regular, you know. And then eventually what happens is, just like I know you do, Mia, you find the green sauce you can travel with. You find the kale Caesar salad, you know, the Caesar salad that everybody in the family loves. You know, you find these family favorites. And after a while, what happens over a period of several months is your kids are starting to ask for that green smoothie. They're yeah. starting to ask for that healthy salad. They're starting to ask for that quinoa bowl. They're starting to ask for that veggie burger. You know, all these different things happen. And, and again, the same thing works on children as works on adults. Your yeah. taste change and in fact their taste buds change even more quickly because they don't have the length of the sense memory that we do so what ends up happening is the whole family starts to shift and grow and then kids you don't you start to not want those things anymore and then suddenly coke 
tastes so sweet that it is so cloying that you want to vomit after one sip. You know, that's what happens when you start to not eat refined sugars and not processed foods and you're eating all this healthier stuff and you feel really dehydrated when you have a burger and fries and then you don't sleep very well that night and your stomach's a bit bloated and you're like, is it really worth it for me to eat all that stuff all the time? You know, you, of course you do it when you go to the baseball or the football or whatever, but it's few and far between and it becomes lesser and lesser and lesser. And then you realize that, gosh, I really thought I couldn't live without that. I haven't even thought about it for six months and I don't miss it. And now when I eat it, I feel sick. And that's what ends up happening. And I think that when people adopt that attitude, it's just so much easier. We just don't want anything to be a struggle. It's just no fun. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that so much of what you shared around the joy and how you show up for the people in your life is super important to any moms listening to hear because, um, you know, I definitely got into that place where I felt so good that I just switched our family and that didn't really work very well at first. <laughs> I became like the lecturer and that's not what anybody needs, right? It's not who attracts, who comes and works with either of us. It's that nobody needs to lecture. You're leading by example is like literally the only way to make this happen and really well, live into it. I'm going to add one more really important thing for moms, which is particularly with kids and particularly, particularly with their husbands, is that food in a developed affluent society, food is one of the only things that we can choose and control. Yes, this is true. But yes. Besides what we think, yeah. what we put into our bodies, right? So what do kids like the most to be able to choose? So they yeah. want some autonomy, right? They're, it's constantly this war of them exercising their own autonomy and discovering it, right? And I think that food is a very, very powerful tool for that in the sense that ask your kids, did you like that? Do you want me to make that again? Like, what do you think? Should we put that in the regular? Yes. You know, and then they've chosen that healthy thing, you know, and then going to the grocery store. Oh, what, what, what fruit should we eat this week? What vegetables should we, oh, you, you remember that thing we, that, that mushroom thing we had the other night, the mac and cheese with the, you liked that. Should we, should we make that again? You know, and making kids a part of the menu planning and the choosing and asking them what they think and how they feel about it, you know, and it's okay. You know, yes, we can say kids are picky eaters. If they're in that picky eater phase, that's fine. Don't make that one again. Try something else. Then try yeah. something else. You know, a year later, six months later, try it again. They won't even remember, you know? And so what ends up happening is when they take ownership of the family table and the family menu and the family cooking, get them involved, have them make something. You know, this is why I love smoothies because it levels the playing field in the kitchen and it makes everybody be able to nourish and create a recipe from scratch with very little skills and even less time. So, you know, I've got this smoothie chart in my smoothie book, it's six steps to spectacular smoothies. And you pick one thing from each column mm -hmm. and it works every time. And that's one of the best emails I get almost every single day is from some mum somewhere in the world with some picture of the chart bridge <laughs> or the kid with the book yeah. they're doing. And, you know, or actually some teenagers even write to me themselves and say, 
I, you know, my daughter made, made brunch for our entire family for Mother's Day and the look and the joy that she felt that she fed all of us and was able to do it so quickly and easy because of these recipes. It was such a gift to our family or a teenager going, I made your such and such for everyone at school. And they just couldn't believe that I could cook that well. And, you know, there's just all these different, or even just someone who thinks they can't cook or someone who's never made anything healthy. And they're like, I made this for a dinner party and everybody loved it. And everyone thought I was an amazing cook and I can't believe it. And, you know, once you start to feel these things it just spurs you on and I, I just I don't know I just get yeah to... no I think that word is super important feel and I think it's so cool that when you were 13 you felt in your body you wanted more energy and it's interesting because I have a 13 year old and she's the one who has celiac and can't have anything and yeah. so just this morning and then we're, I want you to share before we hang up um, just this morning we're in New Orleans and one of the things they make here is beignets right like the sugary oh, thing. Yeah. And so my other two kids, it was like all they wanted. So we're going to go off and get them. So we we're going to go on a walk to this place. Um, and we've been looking forward to it for a while. And my middle daughter, like the, the thing that came to my head was like, there must be a gluten-free equivalent. Can I find it before we go? And I couldn't figure it out. And then, she, and then I, then we had like a gluten-free English muffin. So I was like, I'll just make that. And she walked in and she was like, no, I just want a mango smoothie. So she made it, she put it in a cup, like right. she went off. And then the funny thing was, is after that, we, we, we just landed here. So we had to go deal with grocery shopping. And my husband asked my kids what they want for breakfast for the rest. And all of them unanimously said smoothies, right? So we did the thing. We got the beignets. Somebody had a smoothie while we did it. And then like unanimously, like, for the rest yeah, and without our fancy blender we want smoothies yeah. yeah listen listen here's my motto any blender is better than no blender. this if is true i love lay, it like lame is bad lame is is better than no lame is yeah it's kind of fun it's kind of fun to have a blender that doesn't blend as well oh, as it's like a whole adventure <laughs> i own almost every blender on the market so i'm sure difficult for me to find a place that has a blender i haven't at least used yes and it's so funny. It's like a drug for me. Like if I go somewhere and there's a crack it open, I want to see what I can do. Let me use it. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And I went, I stayed in this Airbnb in Florida a few months ago and I saw a blender I've never seen before in my entire life. And my friend who was sharing the house with me, she said, oh gosh, this is like crack for you, isn't it? I'm like, hey. <laughs> watching you put that. Cause I said, I have to go up to the grocery store. I've got to go get ingredients. I've got to put this through the ringer. It was so much fun. And we were making all this different stuff. She said, oh my goodness. It's like, it's like the blender gods threw up in here. It was oh so my God. I love it. All right. So tell us, so you have the decadent detox, which is coming up. And then you also have a weight loss program. Will you tell everyone listening about those two things? Oh yes. Yes. So in addition to all, you know, all my cookbooks, which came out years ago, the blender girl, the blender girl smoothies, and then the perfect blend. I highly I recommend the blender girl, by the way. So for everyone listening, you should go get your copy. I give it away sometimes actually. Oh, you see, you're very sweet. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's done very well. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, no, I started this clean, these clean, these three day juice cleanses and this 14 day cleanse. I've got a seven day cleanse and it became so popular. Um, so we called it the decadent detox. So we, it's a live program just because it's, it's so full on because you know, hundreds of people do it around the world. And I, you know, really make myself available and block myself out for those 14 days. So people can reach out to me personally, ask me questions. There's live, there's seven live video calls where people can go back and forth. And it's really become this community of people that are all supporting each other. And people are coming back to do every season with us, which is awesome. So we do that four times a year, once a season. So the next one, 
um, starts on July the 19th. Um, and then we've got another one that starts on uh, November the 1st. And then we have three, uh, three day, a guided three day juice cleanses for some people that want something a lot shorter. So okay. that, that happens every month. So you can learn more about the schedule um, at the Deccan and detox.com. Okay. And we will link to that in the show notes for sure. We, we, will, we will rent that. We will link to that in the show. <laughs> starting a new thing, you know, because, you know, everybody do, does these 14-day cleanses. And they're like, well, what's next? I want to do something longer. I want to do something more with you. I, well, how do I stay on this track? You know, I'm feeling so good. I've lost all this weight. Well, what do I do? I've got so much energy. I'm sleeping great. My skin looks amazing. So I'm starting a 60-day program. And I'm putting the first group through that in September. So uh, that launches on September the 28th. So if you want to learn about that, just um, you can just, people can reach out to me through the Blender Girl, through the contact Okay, form. and that's about weight loss. Yes, yeah, because I, what, what the, the most common theme besides I look amazing, my skin's glowing, I sleep better, you know, is that everybody is losing weight. And so I'm really much more focused on wellness, not weight, but yeah. you know, all want to lose weight for the most part very few people you know need to put on the weight you know and that's a problem for some people too um but more often than not um people want to lose a few pounds or a lot of weight and so on the 14 day program you know every everybody loses weight most people lose between 10 and 15 pounds some people lose 30 it's crazy um but I wanted a more sustained program where I could really show people how to transform their lives and change the way that they eat, feel joy, make very, very, very simple, easy recipes. And you real, I think you really need 60 days to do it where you really change your taste buds, you change your eating habits, you exercise more, all this different stuff, right? So I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I've been creating it all year and I've been trialing it on myself and I've lost 25 pounds. Cause I, you know, the minute I turned 40, everything changed with my hormone. Oh, crazy. What is this 40 thing? <laughs> I really, really struggled. Like I, I used to just be my, my entire life, just ate whatever I wanted, didn't have to watch my weight, didn't have to think about it. Now, granted, I was eating healthy. And right. I was so curious because my dearest, you know, best girlfriends, we've got this group of four girls, like Sex in the City, and we meet all the time. And I just sat down and I said, I don't know what to do. And they said, we're not going to feel sorry for you. Welcome. We have hated you for 30 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is this what it's like? And they said, well, create something for everybody. We'll do it. And yeah. So it's hilarious. I've got so much of my friends and family going into this first beta group in September because they all want to do what I'm okay, doing. Well, I think I might sign myself up. I think I'm in. So let's oh. do it. So everyone listening, I'll be in. <laughs> I mean, one, of course you can be part of it, but yeah, it's, it's really working. Cause I mean, I, I never like to recommend anything unless I've got anecdote evidence that it works and that I've experienced it extensively, you know, for myself, you know, yeah. so I thought, well, if I'm going to put people through this. I'm going to do it myself. And well, and I love it. And there is something, I mean, cause I haven't changed my diet since the moment of, you know, the big 85 pound weight loss, but it's different. Like your body <laughs> just changes. Like, you know, there haven't been any problems being vegan and gluten-free for the past, you know, 15 years, but it's, it's well, so, so interesting. I mean, I think it's popular misconception that vegan or gluten-free is healthy. Right, well, right, right, right. Sugar is vegan and sugar is gluten-free. Yes, know? this is true. <laughs> And potato chips are vegan and gluten free. You know, there's just all these different things where it's like, oh, well, I have to worry about that. I'm healthy. I'm vegan. Yeah, totally. French fries are vegan. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that there's there's a way to be healthy within the parameters of whatever your dietary stripes are. Yes. You know, whether you are an omnivore, whether you're choosing to be keto or paleo or pritikin or vegan or vegetarian, or you don't want to put a label on what you do. You yeah. just 
food. Who cares? Why do we have to have a label? Those are really yeah. healthy. Add more veggies. We love it. <laughs> I just, I'm an eater. I'm yeah. An eater and I love to eat. How about you? You know, I mean, <laughs> no matter how you eat, you know, you just want it to be delicious and easy. And yes. And well, so thank you. Thank you, Tess. Thank you so much for your time today. It's I it, I know it's hard to find because we've been trying to find it for a long time. So thank you so <laughs> so much. I know, right? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it happened. But no, it's yeah. so lovely, so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. All right. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes so you can take what you heard and put it into action because action is where true change happens. Now, I always serve up three doable changes at the end of every episode, and that is not so that you go run off and do three. I want you to choose one. It's really so that you have a choice and you can pick the one that resonates most with your life, with you, with what you're wanting to change right now. And the idea is, is that you choose this change, you really commit to it, you figure out how it's going to fit into your week, what you need to do to make this thing happen. You put on that experimenter hat and you really try to have fun with it. And when we do these things, when we have this focus, this fun, and it really fits into our life, we can really make some lasting changes. And don't get caught up in the idea of one thing at a time and that your life isn't going to transform as fast as you want it to, because guess what? When you actually follow through with a change, it's yours forever and ever and ever. And then at the end of the year, you have like 50 of these things. I don't know, maybe 48, maybe you skip a week, maybe one doesn't resonate with you, but that's a lot of things that you've changed about your life over the course of a year. All right. Here are the three we've chosen from this episode. Number one, try a blender recipe. I don't know if you're anything like I used to be, but when we first got the blender, and that was a long time ago, maybe 14 years ago, it just sat, it actually sat in the box in the hallway for a while, a couple weeks. And then when I finally got the courage to take it out of the box, because I had invested more money than I had ever invested in an appliance myself in this blender, you know, maybe I made some smoothies out of it. And to be honest, I'm not sure that it felt worth the investment. But over the years, as I really mastered my health, that blender has had some use. In fact, just the other day, I counted that we used it seven times in one day. So if there's something you use seven times in one day and you've had it for 14 years, that's a pretty high return on your investment. So if you think that healthy food can't taste all that good or that your husband won't eat it or that your kids will say yuck, the blender can really turn things around. Tess talked about a bunch of recipes in this episode, so go check those out. We've linked to them in the show notes. I'm excited for her cauliflower soup. We over at Plan Simple in the in the meals section and the food section have a lot of recipes that include the blender. And just know that the blender is about so much more than smoothies. We make dressings, sauces, soups. I mean, there's so many things you can do in a blender and it makes it really easy to make dietary changes, especially switching away from dairy, from sugar, even from gluten, because there's all the, this magic when you combine things in a blender. Okay. So go check out the show notes for those links. And I promise if you create some sort of structure in your week to actually use your blender, you will be so excited by the end of the week. Okay. Number two, ask your kids about food. You can ask things like, did you like that? Did you want me to, do you want me to make that again? Should we put that in the meal rotation? 
Then make a list and put it on your fridge so you remember. What fruit should we eat this week? What vegetables look interesting when you're at the store? This really helps give kids the autonomy about choosing healthy foods. Sometimes people start by just feeding themselves what they need. That's what I did. And then try to bring their family along. But try this just to start getting your kids on board with healthy choices if you can handle it, if your bandwidth can handle it. And I love the challenge in a grocery store of just being like, find something new, find something we haven't tried. Let's just buy one and see what it tastes like. It's so fun. Okay. Number three, doable change number three is find your joy. Instead of focusing on what you can't have, which can happen very often as we go on a cleanse or a diet, or we're just trying to change our food. And instead focus on what you can have, what you love, what makes you feel really good and get really clear on that, especially, especially before you head off to a social event, because the, this is a place where we can feel like we don't quite fit in. I get that comment so much of what do I do at a party? What do I do when I have to say no to somebody's food? If you're clear, it doesn't matter. And then you fill your plate with confidence. And if people ask, which usually when you fill your plate with confidence, they don't, but if they do, let them know that yes, you're enjoying yourself. You're happy with what's on your plate, even though it doesn't look the same as what's on their plate. You don't have to say that part, but that's the part I'm telling you. Okay, three doable changes. Try a blender recipe, ask your kids about food, and find your joy. And I will see y'all on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. And please, 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 please make sure to check out our new free video training because the last video actually really touches on this subject of what you do at that dinner party. So you're going to want to listen to it if that's a change that you might need to work on. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.